Welcome to Podcast with Cooper Cherry. Today I have David Kalin joining me. David is the CEO of um, Game Over Video Games, but um, I guess the topic we'll be delving into or focusing in mostly in this conversation will be the Classic Game Fest that is coming to Austin July 28th and 29th, so right around the corner. Um, So David, thanks so much for coming back on the show this is episode 50, so this is kind of a big number for me. Wow, awesome. Yeah, I'm I've, happy to be the 50th uh, <laughs> right? guest. Yeah, uh, you went... Uh, the str- well, you what know. do I get? <laughs> Ed McMahon is going to show up any moment oh, okay. with, a, with a big check here. Great. So, But uh, you were on episode yeah. 20. Um, you know, I'm not sure what listenership carryover we have from that far back in time, but uh, yeah. we, might, uh, we might overlap with some of the topics we discussed, but we'll try to keep a focus on Classic Game Fest as much as possible. So, okay. yeah, that's great. I'm happy to be here. Um, <clears throat> so it's coming up July 28th and 29th. So that's yes. Saturday and Sunday. Palmer Event Center mm-hmm. on Barton Springs Road. Right. Yeah, uh, just south of downtown Austin. Okay. Um, so let's get the I guess the business out of the way in terms of let us know where to find your website. Oh, um, yeah, like, sure. Uh, ticket information, all of that sort of dry information yeah i mean all, all that fun stuff is on uh, uh classicgamefest.com uh you can find uh the dates location maps uh nearby hotels restaurants uh pricing ticket info um we just still have some spots left for vendors so any uh game stores or uh, collectors that have games to sell um we're totally full on artists and demo booths and just about everything else but uh but we have a handful of booths left and we're trying to reserve those all for um, you know, more game vendors, because we always like to have as many of those as possible at the show. Nice. So what year, okay, how many of these festivals have you put on so far? How far back does this go? Uh, this goes to 2007. So this is our, our 11th one. Uh, last year was the 10th anniversary. And so this this is the 11th. Um, it's the fourth, I think, at the Palmer Event Center, uh, which has turned out to be a great venue for us. It's, it's right near downtown and it's big. It's got plenty of parking and um, you know, a lot of the issues that you have at, uh, you know, conventions like this uh, that normally end up in a downtown area, um, you know, aren't really the case there. You know, you can easily walk across the street to restaurants um, because obviously the, the food in, in the convention center is not going to be the cheapest food in the right. world. Um, but, uh, yeah, just within, you know, walking distance, there are hotels, there are restaurants, there's, uh, um, you know, good uh, abundance of parking. Uh, there's a parking garage so you have to pay, but it's uh, it's easy, easily accessible, uh, much more so than if it was uh, in downtown. Yeah, where there's no street parking or something. Yeah, Austin's getting pretty strict. I mean, <laughs> mo- most cities are, really. I mean, there, there's meters everywhere. It's very limited. It's very expensive. And um, and so being just, just a hair, you know, south of, of downtown really helps a lot. Um, and uh, and our vendors and attendees really love that that venue. And I do, too. The staff there is great. And so, so we've been really happy there. Nice. Yeah. So is there anything that stands out for you for this year's fest that maybe – you know, it's maybe a different, a new vendor that you're excited about. Is there anything kind of standing out at the top of your mind that you're excited about? Um, no, I mean, I really get excited every year. I mean, it's, you know, whether, whether we have a lot of guests or, or, you know, big names or anything, um, you know, or if it's just a lot of vendors, you know, we know a lot of these vendors from the the very beginning that have been with us. Um, you know, and then there are, there are many that have been with us, uh, these past few years at the Palmer Events Center. Um, so, uh, you know, we've seen them grow, with the the event and and they help spread the word for us and and uh, you know it's it's really like a a retro gaming family you know in the in the Texas area especially where people come not just from Austin but all over Texas and we all get together we see each other every year it's very 
very fun and kind of family oriented uh, atmosphere. So it's really nice for all of us to see each other every year. Uh, so do you get any, do you actually, I was going to ask, do you get any international people showing up at I'm sure we do, go, but I don't really even, know how to track that. But it's uh, pretty much like, a te- I guess, a Texas focus as far as vendors and um, things like that? Or well, no, not really. National? I mean, I would say most of the attendees are from Texas just because the logistics. Yeah, proximity, right. Yeah, I mean, to sense. get out of Texas from Austin, it's, it's about <laughs> eight hours in any direction. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we do get uh, out-of-state attendees, and we actually get a lot of out-of-state uh, vendors. Uh, you know, I guess surprisingly, I don't know, but... Uh, um, but, uh, you know, definitely being based in Texas, there's a heavy Texas focus. Um, but, uh, but we have vendors from the Midwest. We have v- vendors from the West Coast, um, you know, Northeast, um, you know, Northwest around Seattle. And, um, you know, we do get vendors coming in from all over and guests, too. Um, you know, a lot of times the guests uh, end up being in, in California or someplace, you know, out of Texas. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, uh, um, you know, magnet type event, um, you know, and, and, there's a lot of retro gaming events these days too. So, you know, we really stand out because we're one of the biggest. And so, uh, when guests and vendors, uh, and attendees for that matter, you know, have to kind of pick and choose like, well, you know, there's, there's 10 of these in Texas this year, which one should I go to? You know, they normally end up going to ours and then maybe a few other ones because we're so big and we get, uh, you know, really di- diverse uh, mix of vendors and guests and, and attendees from all over. Do you know, or are you willing to di- divulge kind of, what kind of attendance you get on an annual basis? Yeah, uh, we've well since we've been at the Palmer Center, um, we've increased the the square footage too each year. Um, but uh, uh, I think when we started in that facility about four years ago, uh, we had about two thousand attendants and about five thousand square feet. And now the past two years, we've had over five thousand and uh, six thousand. We've hit uh, um, a year ago. Um, and we have, uh, let me think, seventy thousand square feet. Um, so, so even within that facility, we started in the smallest room they had, basically, and now we take over the entire building. Um, and uh, you know, we've gone from just being, you know, a thousand, two thousand people, small event, um, to what's now a, a very large retro gaming event, and and certainly, you know, the biggest in Texas, and it's, uh, you know, I think in the top ten or so in the country. It's um, definitely a destination type festival. So it's not, it's not local. It's more of yeah. a destination type event. Nice. Um, as far as guests go, are you willing to divulge who we've got coming to this year's? Yeah. Festival? Um, well, let's see the, uh, I might have to use my cheat sheet here. Um, <laughs> go but, ahead. uh, I mean, the, uh, some of the biggest ones this year are the, uh, the game designer of, uh, Qbert is going to be there, Warren Davis. And, uh, um, and then we're also talking to the, uh, the developer of Joust and we're not totally booked on him yet. Um, but uh, we'd really love to have him there, and we're working on it. But he's got a schedule conflict. We're trying to uh, to get resolved um, to get him there. But uh, um, but we have a lot of great, um, you know, I guess vendors and guests that we've had in the past that are going to do kind of a new spin on their presentation. Um, so one of the ones that uh, that everybody really loves is uh, Jason Lord, who does uh, um, this controller sucks presentations, and basically he builds these these weird, you know, just crazy controllers and then has people try and play games with them. <laughs> and, and so this year he's doing a panel and he's doing, um, uh, some tournaments on that and, and that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then we have cosplay contests and, um, and I bet I'm forgetting some, some guests here, but, um, uh, but no, it's, it's going to be a great event. And, and the biggest thing about, uh, CGF to remember is that, uh, you know, it's, it's never centered around one thing, you know, it's not just vendors. It's not just bands or just guests. It's a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, we keep it all in one big, uh, 
you know, building also so that it's all, um, you know, focused together. It, it all, uh, you know, intermingles with each, uh, each part, each component of the event. Um, so there's no, um, you know, long walk down a hallway to find a certain guest or, or anything like that. Like we're all in the same room and it's, it's a very, uh, fun and, and kind of energized atmosphere to see everybody. So I've kind of, and I'm sure this is a common interest, but, uh, I, I've kind of become obsessed lately again with, I mean, it was always kind of an obsession of mine with the, uh, the Tanuki suit from, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Have you, have you ever had a Tanuki suit cosplay? Not that I recall. No. <laughs> There's always a lot of Marios, but I don't think I've ever seen a Tanuki suit. Nice. That's fine. I just was like Googling the other day, looking at, <laughs> looking for images of just the suit itself. I it's was just a just, suit with, with ears and a tail. Yeah. Right? He was kind of like, mean, I guess the raccoon. Oh, with full, full, full on. on yeah. Oh, because he could just no, fly instead of, you know, with the regular, uh, what is it? The leaf that would make yeah, you just fly the tail. And the, yeah. So and that would get the tail and the ears, but no, this is the full on suit. So you could fly basically at any time you wanted without having to like yeah. even run or anything. <laughs> No, correct. never seen it. Never All right, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled this year. <laughs> I'm definitely cool. I'm keeping my eyes out for that. Yeah, yeah there, <laughs> there's a lot to... of people that that don't even compete in the costume contest, but that show up in just just crazy costumes. Gotcha. I mean, there's a guy the past two years that's come as a, um, uh, I can't even think of his name now. A Johnny Depp character in Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah. yeah, might as well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. There, there's a video game <laughs> yeah. of, of that movie or a few, but um, but it's kind of an odd costume to wear to our event, but okay. Um, so yeah, you, you definitely <laughs> see some cool costumes. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so your your schedule's not out quite yet. You no, have, we are still, still working on that. Yeah. Got like, some last, I mean, you mentioned just now you had some last minute possible scheduling conflicts you're trying to, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a rough year and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of conventions. There's also a lot of, uh, um, you know, I guess just the, it, in the, the guest, uh, you know, industry or whatever, there's a lot of, uh, people trying to book multiple events and it doesn't end up working out, you know? And so, you know, we don't fault them for that. I mean, it is what it is, right. but, uh, you know, we'd always love to get more guests, um, but, uh, but I think we have some great ones this year. I'm hoping that, that the developer of Joust can, can make it. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had some great ones in the past and, uh, you know, unfortunately some of them were unavailable this year. Um, so, um, you know, but I think that actually works kind of to our advantage that, that we don't have the exact same people every right. year. Right. Yeah. That, um, it's kind of know. stale. It, it, it does. But, uh, um, but, uh, you know, we still kind of miss, uh, that aspect of it being, you know, more heavily guest focused because I think this year what we're going to end up is a little more band and vendor focused. Um, you know, we have more video game vendors than we've ever had. Um, you know, which is great because this whole thing started as like a game over event. And, uh, you know, and so over the years we've, you know, added more and more game vendors. So it's, it's now like game over is a booth there, but it's not, you know, half the event like it used to be. I mean, game over is a, it's just one booth. Um, you know, we've already got, uh, over 90 vendors signed up. So, you know, one out of 90, you know, from being a hundred percent to being, you know, like 1% of the event, um, you know, it's, it, it's really cool for me to see because, um, you know, it gives our attendees a lot more variety to, uh, pick for games, um, to shoot shop for games. But, uh, you know, some of the vendors that, uh, you know, one that came, uh, last year from, uh, I think they're from Ohio, um, but called Holy Grail games. Um, they're really amazing and they have tons of cool games and, uh, they had such a great time and great success last year. They're coming back again and they're, they've like doubled their space. And so their booth is going to be massive. It's going to be even bigger than the game over's booth, honestly. And I think this is the first year that's ever happened. 
where you know someone will actually eclipse you know the game over presence at CGF. Um, but uh, but it's a natural evolution of the event, so so I'm excited for it for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, we have you know everything you know from big and small you know, but it's it's uh, like I said, it's very very much a vendor focused this year. Um, so we have artists, we have bands, um, you know, we have a lot of cool you know craftspeople with uh, you know jewelry and and, uh, and you know beadwork and and all kinds of cool paintings and things. Um, but then we also have a ton of vendors this year. And so, you know, you'll be able to find just about any video game console, you know, accessory, you know, that's out there, especially retro focused stuff, um, you know, at this event. And, uh, and it's really cool to see the, you know, everyone from big and small, you know, all together coming together. And it's, um, it's not a real competitive or, um, uh, you know, negative atmosphere. Like sometimes conventions get really snarky and really, um, you know, I, I don't know, just a, a bad vibe, but, uh, but CGF is always a great vibe. You know, everybody loves everybody, you know, we, we're all in it together and we all work together to, um, you know, put on this, this event that, uh, that draws so many different types of people from all over. So it's, it's really fun. Do you have any vendors that maybe are, cause I know there's, you know, there's always these different classic gaming consoles that aren't, you know, not ba- kind of not the original hardware, but mm-hmm. do you ever have any of those? Because I know I've been looking into, I've followed this Polymega. Have you, are you familiar with this? Yeah. I've been kind of keeping my eyes on that system for a while, but it seems like it keeps getting I don't think pushed it, back and pushed back. Yeah. And like, I don't know what's going on with this. So I was kind of wondering if any of those type of vendors ever show up. No, I mean, we, we, we've had Hyperk in there several times and, uh, and, you know, they, they make a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the main selling uh, third-party systems out there that, uh, um, you know, play old Nintendo games and Sega games, and, and they have a whole series of Retron units that, the uh, you know, some that are just for Nintendo, some that are Super Nintendo and Nintendo, and, and the Retron 5 that does kind of everything. Um, and so they've come out there, and, and those those kind of machines do really well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a lot like the Polymega, um, what else, the Atari box is supposed to be coming out, you know, soon. I haven't heard about that one. Tell soon. me about that one. Well, the, I don't even you know much know? about it. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a box. It's supposed to play games and have Atari games built into it, um, but also be able to uh, you know download a lot of digital content oh, and play it. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, but it's made by Atari. Nice. So um, you know, it's one of the few that ha- has like a, a legit you know game kind of label on it. Presence. Yeah. Um, but you know, most of what Atari does now is just license the name, so nobody really knows what to expect. Like it, it's not like an Atari machine from twenty years ago. It's right. or, or thirty years ago. Um, so. So I don't know uh, much about that one. And the Polymega sounded really cool. It looks cool. Yeah. Kind of. I guess other than you have to I like mean, stack like five, like <laughs> that yeah. gets a little bit, that's a little bit weird that it's like stacking the, the, the different little units. components. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, it's cool. And it, it definitely shows that there's, uh, there's interest in retro gaming out there. And, and that's never gone away. It's never going to go away. And there's always going to be somebody trying to, um, you know, either produce a machine or, or do something to produce, uh, you know, software that, that gets those titles and that, that type of gameplay back out into the public. Um, but some of them go over well, some of them don't, you know, I, I don't know what, uh, what'll happen with Polymega. I hope it comes out and does well because they actually have some components for that one that, uh, would allow games that won't play on anything else, uh, right now, except the original hardware, um, out. Cause I believe they have a, tur- a turbo graphics and, uh, um, I think there's another one that they have that's not on like a Retron or anything else. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it, you know, as somebody that's into the retro gaming, uh, community in general, um, whether CGF or through game over stores, 
um, you know, we love that kind of stuff because yeah. it just it gives you another way to play the games. Right. Um, and especially now with the technology being so different, you know, that's kind of my thing is like I actually I have an SNES, but I don't really play it just because, you know, I have one TV that it works with, but it just yeah. is not the same without the CRT TV. And it's like, <laughs> where do I put a CRT TV in my house? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's kind of an unwieldy solution, even yeah. though that's the best way to do it, you know? That's the best way for sure. Um, but they are coming out with a lot of uh, HDMI options for that now. And and there are several for Super Nintendo uh, right now that are out there that you can you can hook up to a current TV. You get, you know, very good resolution with the uh, the games. Um, and it's not original, but it's, you know, the next best thing to play them today. Cause I, I did try, I tried a retro pie system and I just, the, the controller yeah. lag was just, it, I was yeah. like, no, I, I, this is, I can't even do this. This is screwing <laughs> up. Cause you know what I mean? So many of those games are based on timing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like without that, you right. know, if you're, if it's, it's not jumping when you want the guy to jump. If it's, that, if it's two seconds it's later, you're, yeah, you're dead. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, nah, I can't do this. So I did end up buying, I bought a SNES Mini. Yeah. That I'm, you know, I play it quite a, quite frequently because. Those are great. I have yeah. to say that my favorite games, probably of all time, there's uh, Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. all, that whole series, and then yeah. Super Mario Kart, the original one. Yeah. Those are ones that I'm like constantly playing. People come over, I'm yeah. like, just destroying them on Mario Kart. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, we're on the 50cc tracks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like lapping everyone twice. I'm like, come on. So, uh, is there? Do you think there'll be a chance of a Super Mario Kart tournament this year? Uh, as far as I know, at this point, no. No. Um, we're we're talking to a group to uh, to finalize a Smash tournament. Okay. And uh, and and those are normally so big that uh, that if we if we do that, it'll it'll kind of you know suck a lot of air out of out of any other uh you know mario type game like that um but uh but no we, we have some good tournaments i think the uh the the uh you know terrible controller tournaments are going to be really fun um you know we've also got some other fighting game tournaments that we've got lined up um but uh, unfortunately at this point um you know nothing's really final on the schedule gotcha. so just like the guests like I, i'd right love on. to tell you kind of more but uh, um, it's still going to be another couple of weeks before we get it all finalized where I can say, you know, these are the guests, these are the tournaments, these are the, the bands and everything. But, uh, um, it's, it's just about there. It's okay. just about there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, you know, obviously the limitations of the SNES mini is, you know, you're limited to those preloaded games. I'm, I'm not yeah. that much of a fan of all of the preloaded games. It's kind of like some of them mm. I'm like, eh. Yeah. And I have cards. I'm just like, ah. God, I wish there was. <laughs> Why they don't make that stuff and put a cartridge slot on it? Right, just floors me. You yeah, know? I mean, because that way you could say, "Here's here's this new thing." So if you don't collect the old games, that's cool. Here's some stuff you can play on it. But if you do, just add the cartridge slot. You know, add ten bucks per system or twenty bucks, whatever it costs to, to add that in. And and then if you do have that old box of games, uh, some of which are going to be these days kind of expensive to, to reacquire and hard to find for sure, um, that you can put it in there and still play it. Um, you know, there's no reason why the first-party companies like Nintendo can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, seems like they're foolish for not taking yeah. advantage of that too, you know? I mean, we've, we've already proven that the machines will sell, you know, even with just the preloaded games. You know, the right. NES was impossible to get for, what, all of 2016, and then uh, the Super Nintendo one last year, also pretty hard to get, not quite as bad. But, uh, but I mean, you know, they sell fast, and and to put a, a cartridge slot on there would just open it up to not just uh, 
you know, kind of the, the fun flashback type crowd that wants to just play every once in a while, but the, the collector market, which, which is big out there. And, yeah. uh, you know, they would buy those machines up if it, if it had the cartridge slot on there. So I don't know. That, that's what I wish. <laughs> I wish they would just put the cartridge slot on there. I thought it was pretty cool, though, that they did include, and I just stumbled onto this by mistake. I really hadn't paid attention to the settings, but they have like a CRT mock mode. But what's kind of the drawback is, is it's kind of like, I don't know if you know about interlacing in terms of video. Yes. So it's like, yeah, so it's like a non-interlaced picture. So you're missing like a line. So you have have the lines of you know, pixels through there. So it's kind of like, eh, but it kind of smooths out some, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really the ideal is to, even with the SNES mini, you still like the characters are still just a little bit too pixelated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, they, and it's great. They put those settings in there so you can, you can mess with it and you can kind of fine tune it a little bit. You, you can even adjust the settings on your HDTV sometimes to, to adjust the, like the contrast and the sharpness and, and things just to, to even further, you know, tune it in, make it extra crisp and sharp. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the more, the more options they put on it, the better, you know, in my opinion. So, you know, if, if you're going to do it, if you're going to go back and do the machine, um, you know, there've been a, enough companies over the years, um, you know, Atari, you know, for one that, that has made these, these machines that are, um, I won't say junk, but that they're just kind of, you know, they're not as well thought out of systems. You know, they just throw a bunch of games on there, you know, sell it, you know, real cheap around Christmas time and, and just expect people to kind of buy it out of nostalgia. But then, you know, they don't think ahead to do that. You know, what if, uh, you know, they had that cartridge slot on there where people could collect it and, and would want to collect those machines and, and be able to play their original games on it. Um, you know, or even having some kind of upgrade option where you could add an additional, you know, an additional 20 games the next year and they could just have yeah, it as, right? as a little chip Seriously. or something. Um, you know, there's some things they could do that I, I wish they would like that, but uh, um, but I think the NES Mini and Super NES Mini are the uh, the best that we've seen so far as far as a, a first party company putting out something that's that's retro with built in games, but that's not junk. Um, you know, and then the, number two would be like the Atari flashbacks, and then there've been a lot of Atari like knockoffs, you know, before yeah. that that were not nearly as good at all, um, and there've been um, you know, some Sega clones too that have come out over the years that were just junk, you know, that, uh, that were not, not that good. Um, and not well-made and everything. And they just, they, they bought the Sega name and slapped it on there and, you know, figured that would, that would work. But, uh, but just like the retro pies, you know, people start getting them because it, it seems cool. And then, you know, you realize that, oh, there's, there's limitations. Like this is not exactly the way yeah, I remember playing right. that game. It's, uh, you know, it, it used to be, you know, the sound a little different or it used to be a little, like you said, the better timing on the jumps and things, and it's just like you can't get it the same way that uh, that you remember, um, unless you're playing on the original hardware, original hardware, original cartridges. Um, but uh, but that's just really hard to do these days. I did see that. Uh, I think Sega is actually coming out with a genus a similar idea where it's sort of a console with mm-hmm. preloaded games uh, based on the Genesis, and then I think even I saw re- even more recently that. Sony is thinking about re-releasing the PS1. Oh wow! I hadn't heard that about the Sony yet, but uh, I'm not. That's surprised. fairly recent. Yeah, um, it's pretty recent. So yeah, I would yeah. not be surprised. I mean, they they do sell. They do sell, and um, if it's made first party and it's made where it's um, you know a, a little higher standard of quality, um, you know, people will definitely buy them. Um, you know, and so I think 
you know, seeing what Nintendo did with the, the NES Mini and Super NES Mini, that, uh, you know, everybody else has taken notice, like, oh, if we put these right. out and we actually put a little thought and effort into them and make them where it's a decent machine, um, people will buy them and it won't be like, you know, the the stuff that came out five, ten years ago where it had preloaded games, but it was just kind of junky, that that it'll actually be a decent machine and it won't hurt their reputation. And if anything, it'll it'll help their uh, reputation going forward and, and the, uh, you know, love and appreciation for those old games that, um, you know, every time... Uh, Sega tries and puts out a new Sonic game. You know, I mean, by having those retro Sonic games still exist and still be available, it keeps the market, you know, hungry for more Sonic. And uh, and so whether their new Sonic games are good or not good, you know, it it at least keeps the uh, um, the interest out there in the public because once once something goes away and it's gone for 10, 20 years or whatever, people do start to forget. And so you want to keep that out there, and and uh, and that's something Nintendo's done, um, you know, really well. Um, with with those minis because you know a lot of their franchises uh if the uh, the switch was not a hit um you know might have just died out you know but by doing those those minis now there's renewed interest in the switch and there's you know all kinds of you know people clamoring for the switch to have like a virtual console and and all those things that they they weren't even sure it would be a hit and they they certainly weren't planning on like much of the virtual console thing coming back to it um they're gonna have some games on it but but it's really proven that Man, they can they can release just about anything they've ever done, and people will still buy those. Um, so so there's a there's a really large market out for uh, for stuff like that. It just takes the uh, uh, the develop, developers and hardware makers, I guess, to to do it right, and then people will buy it. Definitely, I would. I don't know if I'd go PS One. That's a little. That's too new for me. <laughs> but I think I would definitely hop on the Genesis train, especially if they put Mortal Kombat on. Yeah, that's one that I'm very hungry for it's it's out there i mean i i know there have been many genesis uh you know systems like that over the years and uh um i know they put out one uh, around christmas time that actually looked like a genesis version one the, the system um but uh, i'm not sure if mortal kombat was on that one or not but uh, but they're definitely trying to follow in nintendo's kind of footsteps on putting out you know higher quality retro systems let's let's switch gears a little bit yeah. could you could you give me an estimate? How many gaming systems do you have at your house right now? <laughs> do you uh, have like a whole uh, room dedicated to this, or how, how does um, this work for you? Or do you have like a a corner corner of the garage that's like <laughs> it's more than a corner, yeah, um, a whole shed full of? I have like do you have a man cave that you can retreat no, into? No, I, I wish I do. That's that's my <laughs> retirement project is to build a man cave. Uh, right now, I'm more in the. Uh, I still have you know, some boxes and stacks of stuff uh, at the house. But uh, um, but honestly, a lot of my, my personal collection is what went into Game Over when we started. So, you know, I kind of started collecting, opened Game Over, and ended up, you know, putting most of my stuff there as inventory to get started. And and so, um, you know, it definitely kind of decimated my, my collection that, that was, uh, you know, 13 years ago. Um, but uh, I guess right now I'd have maybe 25 systems or so. <laughs> <laughs> But, but what's weird is there's nothing current gen there. Where, um, I don't have, I do not own a PS4, Xbox One, Switch, um, and we just got a Wii U uh, last year. So I mean we're we're definitely a retro you know yeah, family. Same. I uh, the newest system I had was the Xbox 360. So run me down like what are you, what's your what's your favorite system? I guess out of all the retro. Um, you know, I, I love. Or give me maybe let's we can whatever. If you feel better, maybe giving me two or three that you kind of like cling to because I don't want to. <laughs> What's put your you on favorite the spot. child? Right, exactly. Um, 
You know, I mean, I, I love I love any of the the big retro titles. You know, I love Mega Man. I love Mario games. You know, the the classic like Mario one two three, Mega Man one through six. Uh, you know, those games. Um, uh, let's see. I, I love playing Atari. Um, sometimes that's a challenge to find someone that wants to play it with right. you, <laughs> because you know, for Atari is it, it's you had to have really been there kind and of, had the yeah. memories to kind of enjoy sense. it, right? Because otherwise, it's really hard to get it's into. It's so rudimentary that, that it's okay. Kinda like, so uh, I'm a square, <laughs> and and I have this little arrow, and that's supposed to be a knight with a sword. Okay, um, but uh, but to me, I mean, I remember that as a kid, and so yeah. half of it is the games are fun, but the other half is the the nostalgic childhood right. memories that I have that I Same. bring to it. Yeah, and so so. For me to play an Atari game, you know, I might love it. Where somebody else might enjoy the game, okay, but without that that history yeah, with it and exactly. the memories of like, you know, me playing with my brother went in the eighties, you know, and 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 I've t- flashbacks to like, you know, just all weekend gaming sessions and stuff. And if they don't have that, then they're like, yeah, this game's okay, but you know. So uh, so I'd say you know Atari, if you can find somebody who's who's equally appreciative, you know, of it as you. Um, but otherwise, like my kids now, you know, we, we play Nintendo, Super Nintendo type, uh, you know, games, uh, you know, all the time. And, um, well, not all the time. I wish. Right. <laughs> when it's, when it's possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I guess the, the newest thing that I can say I really play, uh, semi regularly is Minecraft. And that's even like, what, 10 years old yeah, now or right. something. Um, but, uh, but my, uh, my kids got into that about, uh, I guess about three or four years ago and, and I missed the whole Minecraft Wave yeah, same. When it hit. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I kind of got. I think PS One was the last era of gaming that I was firmly like still in the. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was interested. We were like playing those games as they come out. Just right. Yeah. Know, exactly. In, into the the whole the whole console. Um, yeah. So so it's strange that uh, you know that that's probably the the newest thing that gets some love. You know, at our house is, is Minecraft on <laughs> PS Three, and that's you know again like a five ten year old you know experience, but. Um, but it's cool because my kids enjoy it and so we can play together and, uh, you know, and that's always fun. Um, you know, to me, the, the, the most fun you can have gaming is, is not by yourself and not playing against people online, but it's when you're playing with somebody in the same room. Yeah. Um, so the, the couch co-op, you know, and, <laughs> and so being able to, to have that because that's, that's, again, that's what I remember as my childhood play same. experience. And so, you know, to have that with my kids now, it's really fun. And so, so a lot of times I kind of defer to them. It's just like, what do you guys want to play? And then, you know, just the concept of us playing together is so much fun that I'll just, I'll play whatever they want to play. <laughs> I'm curious for you, what, what is it about, what is the difference between the older, you know, classic games and the newer consoles? Like what, what's that disconnection for you? Can, do you have an idea of, could you like articulate what that feeling is? Um, I have a hard time with that myself. I'm trying to like figure out what is, is it is it like this just nostalgia or is it like 50 percent you know what i mean what is it is there something about the gameplay that is just i don't know you know what i mean i I don't think there's really a reason that i I don't play more current like first run you know releases that have just come out say this year new consoles new games um but uh, but i think that nostalgia does go a long way just like i was saying i mean you know the games that appeal to me and i look at my you know, my, my army of consoles and games or whatever. And I'm like, Hmm, what should I play in this, hmm. this, this limited, like, you know, two hours a month that I play video games or whatever, you know, it's, it, I can't, I can't play them all. And so I try and think of the ones that I want to play the most. 
Um, you know, and it's either my kid's choice or if it's my choice, it's just what do I want to play the most? And normally that ends up being the the retro ones um, because because not only do I like the games, you know, I can like a new game, but when I like an old game, I also have those memories that come back with it. And so, you know, when I'm playing Pac-Man or I'm playing, you know, Yars Revenge or something that I remember playing as a kid, um, you know, the, the enjoyment level is just multiplied um, because it also allows me to kind of relive that, that time in my life. Um, and so, so it's a, it's a double win, you know, you, you get the gameplay, but you also get to kind of relive the memory. Um, and with new games, you know, there's obviously no memory because you're doing it for the first time. Um, and then there's also a lot of times steeper, you know, learning curves and, um, you know, load screens and things like that. And, and, uh, even with PS3, I mean, I remember some games would really frustrate me just because, you know, I'd, I'd have this, uh, you know, I'm kind of a workaholic. And so, so I have this very limited, precious, you know, time, little time to play games now. And, and if I put a game in and the first thing it's like, oh, well, they've done three updates since I last played this game. And so then you sit there mm-hmm. for like five or 10 minutes waiting for that. And then it's like, you got the video load screen and then you got to kind of refamiliarize yourself with the controls. And then by the time all that's done, you know, an hour is burned and you get really into the game and then your time's up you got to go back to work, to bed, do something with, you know, kids to school or soccer practice or something. And, and, you know, but with retro, it, it boots up instantly, you know, you jump in and out to play, um, you know, save states, um, you know, just simple button controls. Um, it's just so easy to get in and out of them. Um, and then plus the, the memories that, that I think are really, um, you know, part of the, um, you know, the enjoyment of games are the, the memories you share. And so, um, you know, for, again, I guess to, to have the person that just plays one player games by themselves in their room, like, I don't think you're going to really remember that experience in 20 years and be like, Oh, I, I remember when I used to do that as a kid, I think I'll go back and, you know, sit in my room for, for an hour and play by myself. <laughs> right. But you do remember when, Oh man, all my buddies down the street would get together and we'd play Mortal Kombat or whatever. And, and just, uh, you know, super competitive and, and trash talking and everything. And, and, you know, it puts a smile on your face just thinking about it. And so, so that's the kind of stuff that, that you'll want to revisit later in life. And you'll want to collect those games and play those games again. Um, but you know, some of the games that are just more isolated, I guess, in the way that you play them, uh, I don't think they'll, they'll really strike those same nerves in your, in your brain that'll make you want to trigger and go, go play them, uh, you know, 20 years from now. I think for me, I, if I while you were talking, I was kind of thinking back to, I was like, maybe the. <laughs> the point where they lost me was with like the N64, the introduction of the controller and maybe yeah. my hand or my hand eye coordination just wasn't <laughs> jiving with that ability to move and more. Like. That controller was crazy. <laughs> so that, that was the first Nintendo system that really like literally turned me off uh, to Nintendo because, you know, I didn't feel like they had good games. I didn't, you know, the controller was just weird. I never got the hang of that controller. It was, it always felt awkward to hold. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I think once they have the, the Nintendo Super Nintendo style controller, and then we had the, uh, the PlayStation style controller, those are the two classics. Right. Those you are can the... play that anytime, anywhere, any game, simple, you know, that feels right, right in your hands. Exactly. But yeah. 64 went kind of off the, uh, the, the traditional path there. And, and, uh, between that and the limited amount of games and, you know, cartridges when PlayStation was doing CDs and they had the cool video scenes that you couldn't really get on 64 and um you know they, they kind of lost me uh there 
you know, for a while. <laughs> yeah, once they brought in the analog sticks too, it was just like, oh, this is too, I can't do this moving yeah. <laughs> you know, on X and Y axis. At the same time, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> just was, let me that go was straight transition forward, was okay. hard. Right. I mean, because there was no straight, just yeah, up, down, left, right. Um, you know, there were degrees of, of turning and degrees of, uh, you know, leftness <laughs> or rightness, um, you know, and, and looking while you're walking or walking a different way than you're looking. And, uh, you know, that, that all took, took some time to kind of uh, master those controls. It was funny too. So I had a guest on uh, a couple of weeks ago and we did, we recorded a podcast on a Saturday afternoon. And after we did the podcast, we're like, well, you know, it's like early in the afternoon. Let's, you know, you want to play, I got this SNES mini, you want to check it out. So we were playing and like, yeah. it was kind of interesting because he was like, yeah, okay, I, I kind of get this. I, I'm i seeing why this is something, you know what I mean? Just like, even but he, just- But he the, had never played- Not the, not really. I'm sure he had. Um, he yeah. maybe, he's maybe 10 years younger than me. So probably had like some, a little bit of the same experience, oh, okay. but not quite. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like that was in his like heyday of mm-hmm. game, being introduced to games. But I thought it was kind of cool that he would have the appreciation, okay, like something as simple as like the timing of jumping. You know, I think yeah. we we're playing like Donkey Kong Country or something and Minecart Madness. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that level, yes. but it's just kind of like yeah. timing those jumps. You know what I mean? That's like something about that was it's simple, but it's it's fun in a way that modern yeah. games aren't. Or, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just so there's something just about it that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just I just has a different feel or. Yeah, I mean that there, there's a lot less focus on the the fundamentals like like running and jumping and timing uh, stuff in games now. It's it's more about the story and the visuals and and that's great. I mean it's yeah. you know each one has their advantages, um, but uh, but yeah no I, I remember a lot of the uh, the timing and and you've got to um, you know you have a certain number of shots you got to be in a certain place um, you know everything it's it's all about uh, you know how you how you do uh, the button controls that, and uh, um, and you know honestly even which controller you use sometimes you know because you whenever you play like a like Super Nintendo or 64 even um, you know with with their weird controller or whatever you wouldn't want the one with the wiggly analog stick <laughs> you know you'd have certain controllers where you're like that one's mine I'm playing with that one because I don't want the other ones um, because it's all about that the timing um, and now I think that's a little glossed over you know a lot of things end up being more more on rails than, than free, uh, you know, to, to succeed or fail kind of on your own by your timing and your coordination. But, uh, um, but yeah, those old games, it was all about it. Yeah. The timing really mattered. So out, out of the 25 consoles, (laughs) approximately. (laughs) Okay. Approximately. (laughs) We'll put that in the show notes. So (laughs) what's, what's the most obscure one that you've got that you'd like to drag out every once in a while? Um. Wow, I don't know. Um, maybe 3DO. Ah, yeah, that that or Jaguar. Okay. Um, because those are two that uh, they were actually at about the same time, like mid. Yeah, I consoles. definitely remember. Um, there was a time there when there were like ten consoles simultaneously available on the market. You know, there was like PS One, there's 64, Saturn, and then you had the other ones. You had like CDI, 3DO, uh, Turbo Graphics, uh, Jaguar. Um. You know, but but I remember going into game stores like in the '90s, and you would see literally like ten different sections of games, and and none of them had a bunch of games, except uh, you know maybe Saturn and PS One. Right. Um, but uh, but there were so many different choices of machines, and uh, and so every once in a while, yeah, the uh, um, the 3D or Jaguar, I have pulled them out just to 
kind of just revisit that, you know, and, and, uh, um, you know, I remember buying a, a Jaguar in the store. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, not many people can say that, like, <laughs> you know, they might buy them now. It's just like, yeah. oh, ha that's funny to collect. Right. I have the Jaguar, but, but I actually bought one in like a Babbage's, you know, in the mall, um, when, uh, when they were like starting to clearance them out. Cause I was kind of like on the fence, you know, like, I don't know about this one. They don't have that many games. And, um, but I think it went down to like a hundred bucks or something. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get one. <laughs> and, uh, and I did, and I got, uh, um, aliens versus predator and doom. And both of those were really good translations. And I was kind of like, well, crap, this is actually pretty decent, but then no other good games came out on it. Cause um, those were two of the first con if maybe my memory is not that great, but I feel like those were two of the earlier consoles that were moved to CD media. Right. Or yeah, well, I... the Jaguar was cartridges. Jaguar was cartridges. Um, and then they added a little CD add on oh, thing, okay. kind of like the Sega CD yeah. had it on. Um, but uh, the 3DO was uh, was CD from the start. Uh, I mean, that was the the most expensive video game console ever released because um, its initial release price, I believe, was seven ninety nine. Oh wow! Which is even Damn. more than the PS three six ninety nine when those came out. Um, and that was in the nineties. So that Damn, was I don't remember 20 years them ago. being that expensive. Yeah, that'd be like so that, that was a lot. Yeah, that was like that's a like shit a ton of at money. least a thousand dollars for a console. God. Yeah. But then again, we're carrying you know phones are like in our pocket that's yeah almost that I mean, much everybody's phone in their more. pocket's like a thousand dollars right um you know you don't you don't pay that normally because your cell phone company but um but yes a thousand dollar piece of technology that's just in your pocket and you're just throwing it around on a table or whatever and um but uh but yeah 3do was uh they were one of the first like dedicated cd consoles and it was really expensive because their uh, their main focus was uh the full motion video games and uh, where they got actors and they you know recorded the scenes and when you played the game, you were actually controlling like what the actors did. It was kind of like choose your own adventure type games. Um, and, uh, and I remember at the time that was a big, that was a big push in gaming. And they thought that, you know, essentially programmers would be out of work because they thought now it's games have gone Hollywood. They're going to be casting people in games. They're going to be filming them like movies. You're going to be watching them on these, you know, high resolution discs <laughs> format. Um, and, uh, and that that's how gaming would be. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think luckily, um, that didn't really take hold. And, uh, and so, you know, most of that type of gameplay, uh, kind of went away and they went back to, you know, computer, you know, controlled and designed games. And, um, you know, you can obviously do a lot more, you have a lot more freedom when you can create whatever you want right. on the computer and you don't have to worry about an actor and like, okay, let's make them, you know, fly across the screen <laughs> or whatever. And, um, and the games, I think, are more um, more complex, too, because, you know, it really kind of simplifies it down when you're just controlling a, a videotaped image of an actor and you just, like, go left or right, um, you know, so you don't have as much control in the game. Interesting. Yeah, I wanted the 3DOs. I wanted one so bad. I thought yeah. that was the coolest thing at the time were, because of the disc media. Like, that was like, oh, yeah. that's, wow, that's, you know, a technological mm -hmm. Step up, yeah. <laughs> at the time, so that's kind of funny. It was like to look the back. like Xbox One X or uh, the PS4 Pro, it was like the really high end system, and you had to uh, you know really, I don't know, I guess have some money in the family to get one of those right. <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> so that there will be some vendors that have some of these older systems on display, like we you know there, oh, yeah. there'll be an opportunity to play some of these things. I'll have to check oh, that yeah. out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have. Um, uh, you know, for several years now, we've had like a Virtual Boy uh, demos. Um, nice. You know, That's I, another one. I can't remember if we always... had a 3DO or not, but uh, but yeah, we we normally have a lot of the the more unusual you know consoles on display, along with tons of you know Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis. Um, 
but uh, um, you know, even Atari games, uh, there's normally quite a bit of those, uh, you know, for sale and um, you know, on demo for people to play. Um, but uh, but yeah, the unusual stuff, you know, always kind of you know appeals to me too. Um, and uh, and so yeah, Virtual Boy is a good one where you know a lot of people either haven't heard of it. Or if they've heard of it, they've never gotten to actually play one. And right. Like, you know, lean their head into that, that <laughs> those goggles and and watch that uh, those those red lines, uh, you know, go to work. Um, but uh, but yeah, there'll be a, a lot of stuff like that there. Nice. Yeah, Virtual Boy. I I've actually the only time I've ever seen one in person was at a at a game over store. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. But I remember when they came out. You know, vaguely. Wait, mm-hmm. I can't even think of the year that was, but. It was mid nineties, something yeah, like ninety five. Early mid nineties, like ninety four, ninety five, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I actually worked at a at a Target Electronics department at that point because I remember actually having the the Virtual Boy demo unit on the the glass counter, you know, in the electronics department. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, and everybody thought it was weird, you know. I mean, there there were not a lot of fans. It was a, uh, um, you know, I guess the the most unpopular thing Nintendo's really done. Um, but uh, but yeah, I remember having it there and selling those games for it. <laughs> that handful of games they came out with. I'm also very much. I never got an opportunity to try out the Power Glove for Nintendo. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we have had like, demos on that at CGF long time, yeah. long time thing that I wanted have wanted to check out for you know, especially mm-hmm. with the movie The Wizard. Right. Really cemented that like that was the coolest thing at the time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. We we've had demos on that at CGF in the past, and, and I bet we'll have that one again this year too, because that's a part of our. Um, I know. I know personally that's in our uh, event supplies. Like, <laughs> nice. We, we just, pack... just gonna plug. Uh, just gonna hint. hint yeah, David. We, we we do literally <laughs> pack power gloves to go to CGF. <laughs> um, but uh, but they're they're fun and and crazy and uh, you know I mean when you think about it, uh, you know I mean the Wii was this huge success, and this thing came out. 20 30 years before the Wii and and it was motion sensing technology um so uh, it didn't work nearly as well uh, but uh, um but it was really cool to see uh that you know you could actually kind of control the game in a non-traditional way um so uh you know that you know for better or worse has always been kind of Nintendo's thing is is we're going to be creative and we're going to try and do stuff in ways that people didn't even know that they wanted and and sometimes they didn't want, but uh, but sometimes they just didn't know they wanted it until they tried it, and they're like, oh okay, I get it now. This is cool. Um, but yeah, the gloves never really took off back then. You know, um, you know the the gameplay was never great on them. Um, but even still, it did have some appeal, just like the Wii. I think it could have maybe taken off uh, at least a little better than it did if it was a a little bit more, uh, you know, fine tuned technology, but. Uh, um, it was it was so limited, and there were so limited number of games that used it, and and, uh, and then the the actual reality was normally not that great. Um, it certainly didn't control like it did in The Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was it wasn't that smooth at all. <laughs> um, and so yeah, those didn't really ever take off too much. I'll tell you a funny story about how actually, I, so South Park had an episode where Cartman wanted to he wanted yeah, to the get power glove then, on the- no the Nintendo Wii. Oh, okay. yes. This was I, something I like the Wii, so where he froze himself yeah. to the future <laughs> to get the Nintendo Wii. Uh, I think that episode actually kind of got me into that. Kind of got me hyped about the Nintendo Wii, and one of the yeah. what appealed to me the most was the you know the Virtual Console, right. honestly, because at the time, like I was kind of hungry for that. It was like 
getting to that point where it's like, yeah, I kind of wanted to go back and play some of those older mm-hmm. games that I really just loved before I kind of lost interest in, in that whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I no, that was I, kind of a funny. I remember that episode. Story. Didn't he go too far though? Or yes, something? exactly. Like he, yeah, he went too far into the future. Yeah, and he was like, oh, like crap, fa- I like missed it. ten thousand years in the future, <laughs> and he was trying to like. He ended up getting one, but they didn't have the technology to make it work because it was oh. so like old that they couldn't figure out how to <laughs> make it work. He's like, damn it! <laughs> oh. He figured out how to call himself to try to prevent himself from freezing. He's just, just wait, <laughs> dude, just wait. So I don't know. I thought oh. that was a funny little. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Oh man, um, let's see. What else do we? Okay, so so do you have? Okay, so you have the consoles. Do you have any old CRT TVs that you like are dedicated to this that you kind of wheel out like the like when you're in elementary school and they bring in the TV like the giant? <laughs> that would help. Um, but uh, no, I I do have one CRT at my house, and we have uh, about twenty or thirty of them that we keep just for CGF. Oh, nice. uh, that we'll bring out. Just a, a random assortment of you know TVs that we've accumulated, um, but uh, but you do need those uh, for the retro games uh, because uh, you know some of them either don't have HDMI um, you know compatible uh, machines to play those games uh, you know or just in general the uh, the retro stuff it it does look better on a CRT because there's there's much less resolution and so you don't see the 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 distortion and the um, you know, the other imperfections that, that you do see when it's blown up HD uh, style. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's always good for, for a retro gamer to keep one of those around the house somewhere um, in the garage, in your closet, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, but some of the big ones, uh, you know, I know we have a couple of the uh, like Sony, uh, you know, uh, XBR type or just, just big, you know, any of those Sony Trinitron TVs that are just just massive they're like 200 pounds you know for some of those the yeah. big ones like 30 inch 35 inch the nice flat screen sony i mean that that'd be something i might be willing to mm-hmm. those are like the what is the wega vega i don't know what that yeah. whole thing was but yeah those were really the flat cool. screen crt that pretty modern styling mm-hmm. but still massively heavy <laughs> right yeah exactly um, yeah they i mean i remember those back in the day that was that was a top of the line uh you know tv and and they were, yeah, probably even more than two hundred pounds, <laughs> but they were they were insane to move. Um, but uh, but you know they they did have a great picture and uh, um, you know playing any of the retro games on those CRT uh, console uh, or sorry CRT tube TVs, um, you know definitely makes them look look better. All right, well, David, I, I I'm kind of out of questions for you today. Um, <laughs> that's we, okay. We're here on Memorial Day, so um, I don't want to take up you know your entire afternoon. Yeah, that's day okay. Off. No, I appreciate being on the show, and uh, yeah, I, I wish I had everything kind of finalized for CGF right now. We're we're really close, but uh, you know, at, at this point, you know, all I can say is that uh, you know it's definitely you know more of the same. You know, if you've been coming the past few years, it's it's going to be you know that bigger, bigger, that many vendors or more. It's going to be you know a great event. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a fun and community oriented event. Um, so we encourage everyone to come out. Um, you can buy, sell, trade. Um, if you're an attendee, you can just bring a backpack worth of games because some of our vendors will be, uh, you know, doing, uh, buys also. Um, and that way you can, uh, you know, maybe get out with, uh, of CGF with some new games without, uh, spending a lot of money. Um, but, uh, but if you have more than a backpack, we normally tell you buy a booth, <laughs> <laughs> right? Buy a booth, cheapskate. <laughs> no, but, uh, um, but yeah, we, we do still have a handful of booths left. So anybody that's interested that, uh, hears this before, um, you know, CGF, uh, you know, definitely reach out to us through email, 
you know, online, go to our website, classicgamefest.com. And, uh, and there are still a handful of booths left. Uh, the prices have gone up many times at this point. Um, so it definitely pays to get on early, but, uh, um, but even at this point, you know, it's, it's still really worthwhile to be there. And, and, uh, you know, there's so many people from so far away that you can, uh, you know, sell your products to and, um, you know, interact with that, uh, you know, CGF is just a, just a great fun event. So we definitely recommend it. Um, kids get in free kids, 12 and under. Um, and, uh, and the tickets are reasonable, you know, priced. It's, it's like $20 on Saturday, um, 15 on Sunday. And then, uh, the whole weekend is uh, 30 for a weekend pass. And, and those are discounted right now at game over, uh, stores for 20. So you can actually get the weekend pass for 20 at game over right now. Nice. Yeah. Give us a rundown. Um, I guess where we can find, you know, plug the website one more time, social media, channels all that yeah, stuff before um, we wrap up okay yeah classicgamefest.com that's the main website um we'll be posting the schedule there hopefully in the next couple of weeks um you know we like to do that in june it's it's not quite ready yet but uh um, hopefully in the next week or two that'll be up um also vendor list maps things like that will be on there um and then just the general location parking info maps hotels uh things like that we don't have a set uh, cgf hotel but there's several in the area that are in walking distance um and uh, generally we we, ju- we just prefer to have people kind of book their own hotels because uh, um, any kind of deal that we work out with a hotel normally requires us to buy a certain number of rooms. Uh, yeah, a lot and even then, people can often get cheaper on Expedia or, you know, uh, right. Kayak or something online. And so so I always felt kind of bad that we, we would kind of, you know, force people to maybe spend more on a hotel just to get into our hotel, you know, that we have booked. And uh, so it just wasn't really a good deal for anybody. But, Makes uh, sense. But there's a lot of hotels in the area. Um, you know, cool restaurants you can walk to and, and Austin's a fun place. So if you spend a weekend in Austin, I mean, you could do a lot worse, right. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm, I'm very, I'm very hyped up to be at this year's festival. It's something I've been cool. wanting to do since I moved back to Austin. So I'm, I'm really excited. Hopefully I get to test drive that power glove. Yeah. Virtual boy. <laughs> yeah. Power glove and virtual boy. I can tell you for sure. will be there. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because those are actually coming from our stock of of stuff. Gotcha. So, All right. Yeah, they will. It's be on there. my list. Top, <laughs> top two things this year. But uh, David, thanks so much again for taking the time out of your uh, day off to sit here and chat with me. Yeah, no, that's okay. Thanks I really appreciate. I really appreciate the participation. You know, coming on the show twice. I I, I yeah. really do. Um, it means a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. No, I'm happy to do it. And thanks for helping get the word out. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean all. Uh, all we try and do with, uh, you know, Classic Game Fest is just bring bring gamers together. And so, uh, you know, it uh, it takes everybody, uh, you know, help help and effort to spread the word um, because just us by ourselves, you know, we can only reach so far. And so, uh, so yeah, no, we appreciate all your help in spreading the word. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again, man. We're cool. going to sign off for the day. All right. Thank you. Thank you.